0: I knew when we agreed, this person and I, that they would come and they would do contract work for me. In my belly, I had a feeling that they wanted more than just being a contractor. I had a feeling. I had an intuition. I had a splenic, intuitive hit that they have an expectation that I'm not promising, an expectation to be more to me or this situation that I am not offering and I am not promising. And knowing what my human design is now, knowing that I have this sacral authority in my body that signals me about my decision-making, signals me about where my energy is flowing, signals me about what I have energy for or what I don't, signals me, ojo, it's my favorite Spanish word, (laughs) ojo, pay attention to this. What I would have done now, if this situation faced me again, where I had this splenic hit, I would have said something. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Authentic, the only podcast that teaches you how to build a bridge to the life you want from the life you have using human design, the gene keys, and the work. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I'm recording a little early this morning, and so my voice might be a little scratchy. My eyes are a little bloodshot, but I'm so excited about this particular topic. It's one that I've been wanting to have a conversation about for quite some time. I'm here today to talk about the power of the duo, the relationship one-on-one that you have with your business partner, your sibling, your parents, your friends. And it's a concept that I first came across when I was working for a small consultancy several years ago. And they talked about this concept of the duo, that we all needed one. It was an agency that was focused on culture. And transformation for companies, and they brought together strategists and graphic designers to create these immersive experiences. And when I joined that organization, it felt in many ways like I had found my home because I finally had a place where the qualities at both ends of the spectrum from super logical and analytical to super creative and unbounded could finally come together in one place and i didn't feel like i had to forsake either one and even though i wasn't the one who was doing the the quote unquote like true creative artful execution from the design perspective what i brought to the table was my strategy and In that sense, that was my version of creative. And when I saw the power of partnership with an equivalent who is complementary to you in terms of skills, yet also in sync with you in terms of values and energy and ideals, how magical that! unit is how much you can do together how much more you get from yourself and i happen to find the most amazing duo a graphic designer who really changed my life i mean changed my life and my expectations of what my role as a strategist could be and how i could show up with leaders or how i could show up in a company in terms of bringing my whole self forward, and in terms of expressing my ideas, my thinking in the most powerful way possible that would land, it would hit intellectually and emotionally with our clients. When I think about a duo, this concept has never left me because I realized how much more I was able to grow individually and how much more powerful my own work could be. And I've just taken that concept with me wherever I go. And I stayed at this agency for about six years and realized that I'd come to a point where the direction the agency was going was very different than the direction I wanted to go in terms of my career and my specialty and the way I like to work, which is in a more intimate environment. When I left the organization, I left so that I could focus just on the narrative, the story of the moment or the organization, the purpose, the vision. I just wanted to focus on that part because what I witnessed time and time again while at this agency was the expression of that story for a company that was about to go through a transition, or perhaps they had a new leader come on board and the leader needed to establish their expectations their vision their way their connection with their audience their employees their shareholders their business partners whoever that moment where everyone would literally be sitting with the same sheet of music literally we would print these books out we would make them stories we made them moments of reckoning and awakening. And it was always a catharsis, always. And that catharsis for me was deeply satisfying because I saw the value of my words, my thinking that was a vehicle to help the leader express their thinking, but the way that I could do it in partnership with a designer brought it to life and elevated it in a much more profound, powerful way that would really land deeply with the audience and motivate them to think differently, act differently, and create different results, create new outcomes, right? I just wanted to focus on that moment. The thing is, I can't do that by myself. I need a thought partner. I need a creative partner. I need a graphic designer. Who's not, there are all kinds of graphic designers out there, okay? And they serve different purposes. They get excited about different things. And the designer that I needed to allow me to do my best work is a very, very particular designer. And it's a designer who is not just there to make things beautiful. They are there to make things smart, which means that they have to love what I'm creating and have enough of a love for strategy and execution and analysis and competitive landscapes and all of these things that are hardcore strategy. They have to love that enough to want to understand it in order to express it visually. And so when I set out on this journey, the first year was really kind of, it was tricky, it was trial and error. I had had some success with some designers when I went out on my own, but none that were the right fit for a partner, right, a thought partner a growth partner, a co-traveler on this path I was on. And that's to be expected. We all have different dreams and ambitions and we all have different needs. You know, we we have different ways that our work life plugs into the rest of our life. And so it took me about a year to get to the point where I found my duo. And it wasn't until I started working with a business coach this year where I realized that my duo and I had been working together for nine years. And this really took me by surprise because I had been operating under the false conception that I didn't know how to partner. And what I want to do today is go back in time just a little bit to where that misconception started, where I thought I didn't know how to partner and to share how, when I understood my human design, how that helped me make sense of that misconception and how it helps me lean in even more to the amazing partnership that I have today with my duo and I know I keep saying duo, her name is Tara. <laughs> and you've heard me mention Tara a few times on this podcast, but you know, you know there's no dramatic crescendo. Her name is Tara. <laughs> so we'll get to that in a second in terms of why it is that we work so well together. So what human design helps us all realize is no man is an island. No human is an island. We are here to plug into others in order to enhance and advance humanity. That's why we're here, okay? It's all part of the evolutionary scheme, (laughs) you know, it's all the evolutionary purpose. And when you think about the human design chart, no person is complete. There are only 26 activations possible and often they're redundant. So you wind up having some activations that overlap or that are counted multiple times. And when you look at the human design, the full potential, there are 64 different gates. There are nine energy centers. There are 32 channels, which are formed by having two harmonic gates activated that connect two different energy centers and activate those energy centers. And there are 384 lines, which are these nuances to how a gate activation is experienced. So none of us is complete. We all have that potential for whatever is not activated in us, but that potential is experienced only through transits or through other people with other designs coming into our aura. That's what's so magical about this. So none of us is here to exist on our own. Now, in my particular design, there are a number of qualities that lead me to feel more comfortable working more on the fringes, more on the edge, more outside the status quo. I'm just more comfortable there. I have two of the integration channels. I have a 4-1 fixed fate, which is... Basically, I'm not here to bend to anyone else's agenda. And I'm still figuring out what that 4-1 means, quite frankly. And if there's anyone who is listening, who has a 4-1 profile, please reach out to me because I would love to have a conversation with other 4-1 profiles on the podcast about how you operate with this fixed fate profile line. So. Again, I have the 4-1 profile line. I have one individual channel, the channel of exploration, which is also here to not want to be bothered by, by anyone else, right? We just want to be in our creative space. And these qualities... Oh, and then also I have a small split. So this is, again part of what you learn in your first human design reading is what kind of definition you are. If you are single definition, which means you have a continuous circuit of energy running through your design, or you're a split, triple split, quadruple split, or or you might be a reflector. So you have, everything is open in terms of the centers. So what happens with people who have small split and my split can be closed by a single activation, gate 23, which is the gate of assimilation. And it is the harmonic gate to the gate of insights, and which forms the channel of individuality. Now, and that's between the Ajna and the throat. So when you have a single split, what your tendency is, is to feel that when things don't go right... That it's your fault. And so I have all these different qualities in my particular design that were contributing to this notion that I didn't know how to partner, to build deep, meaningful partnerships or relationships. And, you know, a lot of it came from my predisposition to this fierce independence. And there was no way for me to not be that integration is a complex channel and it's really the oldest sort of survival instinct. I think of it as the canary in the coal mine, right? It challenges the status quo, the tribe, the, you know, this is the way we've always done it. The convention, the tradition to say, Hey, I'm not sure that's going to be okay forever. Right, and so I feel that the people who have integration and individuality in their human design, we are here for a reason to not fit in. We're here to show a way forward that enhances the tribe, but doesn't totally compete or conflict with it. And that has always been where my my tension has been for me in finding a place for me in this world. So. Going back to my early experiences when I tried to form deep professional bonds, I had two experiences that ended very badly. And the first one happened in my 20s and the second one happened in my early 30s, my late 20s and my early 30s. So the first one, right after I finished business school, I left business school without a job. I knew that I did not want to work in any traditional consulting environment and those were the recruiters who came to campus at that time and i knew that's not what i wanted so i thought i'm going to go back to the bay area which is a place that i know that's where my true network is in terms of the people who fully understood me and i'm going to start contracting and so this is way before the world of independent contractors. And this is again one of the ways that my design operates. Is I often get to the future decades before. Unfortunately, I've never been able to cash in on that. (laughs) So, because I tend to get there way too early. But I was doing independent contracting back in uh, 1994, five, and six. And I was doing this thing called ISO 9000 consulting for software companies because I had worked at Oracle before business school and I understood the culture of a software development organization. And ISO 9000 was a standard at that time for certifying that software companies were following a repeatable process, basically, that honored a number of quality conventions And so I had an opportunity to start as a contractor with a company in the Bay Area, and I started to build a methodology around that. I started to take this complex, overly text-based, boring approach to documenting these software development procedures and visualizing them instead, making them much more user-friendly and expediting the effort and path it would take for a company to be able to certify themselves. And while I was doing this, I was approached by someone that I had worked with previously who wanted to work with me to do this. And at the time they were living on the East Coast and they reached out and I didn't really have a need for somebody to help me at the time, but I did feel like this could be interesting. There's A need in the market for this and there's some real potential for this. So we talked about it and agreed, okay, they would come on as a contractor and move their family out and they would start to work with me on one particular client project that I was about to sign or maybe I had signed it already. I can't really remember. Anyway, so somewhere along the line, this person started to talk about becoming a partner, that they came out to be a partner. And my memory's a little fuzzy. It was such a sad and traumatic experience for me that I'm certain that I've forgotten some details about timing and such. But I remember distinctly that there was a moment where we realized we were not aligned in terms of our expectations for what this relationship was about. Now, I knew I hired them just as a contractor because I had them sign a contractor's agreement, right? I knew that. That was the promise I made. But their understanding that they communicated was that it was much more than that. And I wasn't at a point where I could make that kind of commitment because I wasn't even sure how long I wanted to do this kind of work. And I knew that about myself. And so what wound up happening is this person went behind my back to the only client that I had at the time that they were working on for me and asked for a job. And this act was explicitly prohibited in the contractor agreement, which they'd forgotten they'd signed. So in this experience, I was really baffled. I did not know how to respond to it. I felt so betrayed and so deceived. And I really didn't know how to emotionally reconcile what had happened. And what's so fascinating always about entering the world of human design is once you get your chart and once you really understand the mechanism of your decision-making authority and you understand the nature of your true self and your not self and where you are predisposed for conditioning, where you're predisposed to operate out of fear as opposed to operating out of trust and love, so much becomes clear. And so what wound up happening in this situation, there are certain qualities to my design that I now understand were getting in the way of me operating as my true self. So this situation completely threw me. And based on my conditioning at the time, my approach to (laughs) betrayal was to be okay with it, that these things happen. And... I'll find a way to be okay and not create a scene. I have undefined solar plexus, which is all about emotions, emotional sensitivity. And those of us who have undefined solar plexus, when it's conditioned to be not self, we have a tendency to not speak our truth because we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We want to go along to get along. We don't want to rock the boat. And this was a big part of my not self. And so when this person approached the company behind my back, the company had never said anything to me. And I thought, well, I I need to address this. And so I brought it up with the person that I had the contract with and this person had said, oh, I wasn't even going to say anything. Yes, this happened. I was really surprised. And this is how conditioned I was, you guys, to make really crappy decisions, okay? Here this person, my client, tells me, oh yeah, I wasn't even going to do anything about that. I thought, how wrong is this that this person goes behind your back to look for a job with me? And instead of saying, oh, thank you, I appreciate that. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, I'm handling it on my end. Instead, what did I do? Well, you know, let's see how we can make that work. <laughs> I mean, what was I thinking? To me, it, it makes no sense whatsoever why I would go out of my way to hurt my business to support this betrayal that I would then have to face every day when I show up, you know, with this client. This is how conditioning works. It leads you down these paths of decision-making where you create messes. (laughs) You do things that hurt you. And that was another thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about the elements of my design where I'm predisposed to be super independent or create these messy situations One of the things that I've been working with and that I've learned through the Gene Keys is in the Venus sequence, you learn about the conditioned behaviors that you created or adopted to prevent yourself from feeling the pain of experiences you had in childhood. And this also comes up for me in terms of why I bent over backwards to help someone who betrayed me, which made my life so much harder. It's really, really mind-boggling. And so let's play that out, this decision, okay? Because I wound up making it possible for this person to go work internally at this company. And what did that do? Now it meant... I needed to hire to replace them. So now I've complicated my life. I've got this project that I need to deliver on and I don't have a team. And so I have to now hire people to help me execute on the project. So now I'm hiring. I'm not in the best place to hire because I'm hiring out of need and fear. So I don't have time to wait to find the exact right people. So I made compromised hiring decisions, which turned out to be another disaster, right? I created such a mess for myself that by the end of this year doing this project, I was done. I was really frustrated and angry at myself. And the only way that I could fix the situation was to stop what I was doing and to get off that carousel. And I realized that was the only way I could get out, was to end what I was doing, let go of the people that I had hired, and take a step back and try to understand what happened. I never fully understood it until I learned my human design. And this is why this stuff is so beautiful. So three decades have passed since that experience. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. And it took me this long before I really understood it. I knew when we agreed, this person and I, that they would come and they would do contract work for me. In my belly, I had a feeling that they wanted more than just being a contractor. I had a feeling. I had an intuition. I had a splenic, intuitive hit that they have an expectation that I'm not promising. An expectation to be more to me or this situation that I am not offering and I am not promising. And knowing what my human design is now, knowing that I have this sacral authority in my body that signals me about my decision-making, signals me about where my energy is flowing, signals me about what I have energy for or what I don't, signals me, ojo, it's my favorite Spanish word, (laughs) ojo, pay attention to this. What I would have done now, if this situation faced me again, where I have this splenic hit, I would have said something. I would have made a point to raise this with this person and say, I have a feeling and I'm not sure why but I have a sense that you might be wanting more than what I'm promising. You might be wanting more than what I'm offering. Is that true? Help me understand. Because that would have saved me an enormous amount of pain and heartache. It would have saved me the relationship. The relationship has been over ever since then. Because how do you come back from that? It was just the deepest of betrayals, the deepest. And it was the betrayal on the first level of this person, but what it did to me in the sense of me then, it it set off a chain reaction of me betraying myself, and they're not responsible for that. Let me be clear. I am. But the pain that I experienced from layer over layer over layer of personal betrayal to me, it has taken me three decades to heal from that. Three decades to heal. And if I had my human design and knew what it meant to have sacral authority and was operating from my human design, none of that would have happened. I probably, what I'm guessing would have happened is I'm guessing they wouldn't have come out to work with me. That's what I'm guessing. Or they would have said, okay, I could come out, but only for three months. I will work for you because I need to find more permanent employment somewhere. It would have changed the course, the trajectory of this entire experience. It would have changed the trajectory of my life, right? Now, I do not have any regrets because also what's in my design is this whole wonderful purpose that has to do with ambition. And it has to do with my also my foreline of Where's the balance between material and spiritual ambition? It's about finding recognition on both planes that neither one nor the other alone is going to bring me satisfaction in life. And my job here is to not just figure that out for me, but to help others figure it out for them, which is what I'm doing now through my coaching, through To Be Authentic. These experiences I had to have, but other people don't. And I can be here to help show, like, here's what's in store for you if you are making decisions about partnerships, relationships that you're not quite sure about, right? And these could be partnerships that are romantic. They can be partnerships that are financial. They're business relationships. They could be partnerships about friends, right? Where you're not being true to yourself. You're not being true to your authority and the signals that you're getting from yourself that are saying, wait a second, look at this, hold this, wait to decide, wait to act until you have a little more information. Our bodies carry so much intelligence, and this is what human design is about. That is the radical shift for human design, is that it teaches us to make decisions through the intelligence of our bodies instead of the fear-based conditioning that is so buried deep inside our minds that we're not even aware of it. We're not even aware of it. And I know that I started out saying that I was going to share two stories that wounded me early on and left me feeling like I did not know how to partner. I'm going to save the second story for another episode because this one that I shared is is already so rich, and I think it needs to be savored in a standalone context, because it really is about that, oh, right? Pay attention. You have those moments every day in your life. And if you're not paying attention, like, first of all, that is your higher self trying to connect with you. It's trying to connect with you through the intelligence of your body. What are you feeling in your body? Are you feeling connected and safe to move forward in this decision or not? Or are you feeling nothing? And anytime, if you're feeling nothing, that means wait. Wait until you feel something. So I like to think, um, and again, this isn't about regrets at all. I just don't traffic in regrets. But there are disappointments, right? There are embarrassing, humiliating, cringeworthy memories that I wish I didn't carry around. What I'm learning to do is take all of those and hold them like precious jewels, because that's what they are. They're in my life to help teach me. They're there to help me understand by being able to apply my human design To those experiences in the past, it helps me to live forward. It helps me to not make those same errors in judgment, expectation. And that's why I love to take these icky experiences, right, that have troubled me for years, that have taken up real estate. And the reason they have is because I didn't understand them and that's what i know about for me the memories that you know are still hard for me to understand or they're painful the reason that they are painful is because they still confuse me because i i didn't understand how to operate i didn't understand why i behaved certain ways and so now one by one i'm going through the memories of my past and i'm i'm holding them up right i'm holding them up and i'm looking at them and examining them through the lens of my human design so that i can understand the art and science of oh i see how things could have been different if i had followed this part of my design and that's why this stuff gets so 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 powerful so i s- started by talking about the value of a duo the power of a duo Now, when I think about the different path that this could have taken, if I had been more clear with myself about what I even wanted from this experience, or if I had been able to articulate and share in words where I was in terms of knowing what I wanted from that experience, because I don't even think I had the awareness at that time to know that I wasn't certain I wanted to stay on this path with ISO 9000. In my belly, I knew I wasn't ready to devote the entire rest of my life to this thing because I had a sense that it might be ephemeral, right? I mean, what happens when everyone gets certified? There's no market anymore, right? You know, the heavy duty work is in helping people get certified, uh, it's not to recertify. And so you know, I had that sense that I'm not sure that there's a real market here, but why didn't I say that? Why wasn't I in a position where I could share that? And I'll tell you why. It's because I have undefined solar plexus. I didn't want to share where I felt I didn't have the answer someone wanted to hear, right? I'm here forever. Let's grow this. You know, this is going to be big. Yeah, let's let's make this something. I, I mean... I didn't want to share that I wasn't sure about the future of this enterprise myself, which is the reason why I could only offer this person a temporary contract role. And that's where my truth was. I didn't feel comfortable making a commitment to them as an employee or as a business partner because I didn't want to be committed to this discipline or practice for the rest of my life. The reason why I love talking about this particular example is because the duo, when you think about it, it is the smallest atomic unit of a team. The thing about the duo that's so spectacular is when you have the right partner in life, again, it could be a romantic partner, it could be a sibling, it could be a friend, it could be a business partner. When you have the right partner in life, you're unstoppable and you're able to exceed your own limits of greatness. (laughs) Whatever it is that you are, whatever role you're playing, when you have the right duo, it's a dance that you're living and experiencing together. And what I have found in my partnership with Tara is my work is better than it could be on my own. So much better. What she's able to do with my thinking and my frameworks and my research and my constructs and my words, it's what makes people pay attention when we deliver a narrative or we deliver anything. It's what makes the work land. It's what makes the thinking land. My duo with Tara is the safest relationship I have ever had. From the very beginning, she said, no conversation should be off topic. We should feel safe to express whatever fears or misgivings without feeling like we're going to be attacked or to feel like we need to take things personally if we're on the receiving end, even when it's about money. What a great guardrail, right? When you're entering a financial Marriage, which is what we have as business partners. The other thing that I get from my relationship with Tara, again, this is the right duo, and it's the right duo for me. I will never outgrow her. This has always been one of those fears that I've had as a little girl, and it goes back to my fixed fate profile as a four-one, where I'm not here to bend to someone else's agenda, and I and I haven't, and that's why. I've lived this fiercely independent, self-sufficient life. It's been a harder path to be sure. I don't get to share my expenses with anyone. You know, when I mess up financially, it's all on me. You know, there's no one to bail me out. And I'm a risk taker, right? It's even in my profile. I've got the gate of the game player, right? It's the entrepreneur in me. I have a risk profile where I will invest in things that are long shots, right? And I'll lose my shirt in the process these are qualities of me that i've always been aware of and how they have shown up in relationships is this notion of outgrowing the other and the truth is is whenever we grow there is the risk that we are going to outgrow the other your spouse your parent your child your friends your siblings when you grow Part of that growth risks outgrowing the other. Either the other is going to recognize the signs of your growth and either level up or distance themselves or go into their not self, which is to blame you, to shame you, to try and make you feel small like you're responsible for their happiness, that you're responsible for their insecurity, for their instability because suddenly your energy is changing the status quo. And so what I have with Tara is we've been together for nine years. And I didn't even realize this really until this year when I started working with a business coach where she uses human design and the Gene Keys to help us create or enhance our existing businesses to be aligned with our human design. And so since I've been living, you know, my human design for the last year and a half, more than that now, it felt like, oh, this is a really important step for me. Is now that I know what it means to be me, right? And to make the decisions that are correct for me using the intelligence of my body and not my mind. You know, what would it be like to nuance My existing storytelling business, you know, and align that with my human design and Tara's human design. And what would it be like to launch this new business using my human design? And so one of the things in this coaching, the first question she asks us is you can build a business helping others solve a problem you've already solved. And I said before that, you know, one of the problems that I solved was just simply how to be me authentically, and that was in using human design, the gene keys, and the work. This is now what I coach others on, how to be them authentically using human design, the gene keys, and the work. The other thing that I had figured out that I did not even realize was how to partner, how to develop and hold and grow and nurture and thrive in a partnership, in a duo. And I became aware of that through this coaching work. And so that's why I'm sharing this whole story about the journey that I've made over the last 30 years to understand the power of a duo, that I had been operating under the false pretense that I did not know how to duo, that really what my human design has allowed me to understand is... And this is what I encourage you as a listener is when you have your human design and you understand how it works, go back through your life and look at the relationships that worked naturally and the ones where they didn't. And I guarantee you, you're going to understand through the lens of your human design when things worked and why they worked and when things didn't and why they didn't. This is invaluable work. Because what it means is you're short-circuiting the not-self going forward. I know now only how to create relationships that thrive. That's all I know. And I know what's required for my design to make that happen. In my design, I have all of this independence, all of this self-sufficiency, and I need to be clear to the other, I'm built this way. I am not going to follow another person's agenda. Whoever I build a relationship with, Whatever that relationship is, I need to be communicative of how I'm built, that I have this fixed fate thing, that I am pursuing my adventure, my curiosity, that it may be that I might want to come on some of their adventures, but it may be that I don't. And there is a place for them in my adventure, but if they don't want to join, that's fine. Sometimes that makes a lot of people feel unloved (laughs) because I'm not going to change my adventure to accommodate the other. I'm just not built that way. And that works for me. I've built a life knowing that, not being aware of it through the human design aspect, but understanding that there's something in me that just needs to be on this path. There's nothing better than a good duo. And when it's on fire, when you've got that dance going on, when you've got that yin and yang thing going on. In the world of me and Tara, the way we describe our duo and this complementary nature of how we're built energetically, but also in terms of our skills is I major in strategy, but I minor in design. She majors in design and she minors in strategy. We each have enough of a an understanding of the other's domain that we can raise questions when we receive the work of the other where things just don't feel right. Like our instincts tell us something's just not quite right here. Tara may say it about the language or she may say it about a framework or she may say it about a logic that I'm building, an arc. I may say it about you know a, a design treatment. I may say it about a photograph that's she's paired with a particular quote. I may say it about know, some graphics. And whenever either of us brings up, this isn't quite right for me, it's not hitting me. The other always says, yeah, I kind of had a feeling. (laughs) I knew for myself. And then we brainstorm. And in the brainstorm, we have the answer. And this is what, to me, this is what quantum is, right? I bring the best that I have to offer, And I am given permission to do that every single day. I bring my best thinking because I know that I'm in good hands. Whatever I bring to Tara, (laughs) she is going to take that and take it to the next level. And we'll let Tara speak for herself when we eventually have her on the podcast. But she knows that she's going to get to deliver work, creative work that's going to shine in the smartest possible way. And imagine that this is your every day, that you are encouraged to move past your best, (laughs) continuously up-level what it is that you do and how you do it. And be on that journey of besting yourself. Like to me, that's the ultimate game. And that is, I think to me, that is part of my 4-1 fixed fate path is I'm just on this path to keep besting myself, right? That's my journey in life. And I have no idea where it's going to take me at all. It's just besting myself one story at a time, one podcast at a time, one reading at a time, one client at a time. It's just besting myself, right? Delivering the best that I can possibly deliver with integrity. Like what a rich way to live and show up in this world. And that's what I want for you. <laughs> this is why I do this work. Because I want, I want to share these experiences from my own growth and from my own learning of where I've really suffered and struggled and felt sorrow and pain, and not in an undignified way. I, I'm sharing these stories because they're such great ways to learn. And I'm learning so much from them in my own life. And you have stories, your own stories of shame, blame, cringe, whatever. You have your own versions. And what I want to encourage you is there's gold in them there, Hills. (laughs) You know, those stories have really valuable teachings in them. When you really learn and understand your human design, the only reason those stories exist in your life is because you were showing up in your not-self, in your not-self energy. You did not have the tools or the skills or the awareness of how you were built and how to work with how you were built to be able to have the right interactions, to make the right decisions at that time. That's it. And so when you come into your human design and when you come into your coaching, we take you through exercises like these, right? There's a whole exercise to go through the path of your life and to look at the highs and lows, for example. And then that starts to create a story of your life. You start to see the patterns and the patterns are what lead you to, oh, these habits, these rituals that are not serving you. And guess what? They all have underneath them, buried deep, some belief that's limiting you. And that's what we work on together, is to excavate that, understand it, hold it, love it, and reframe it. So that's my talk today. If you want to get started on your human design, you can download a free human design chart from our website. Now, I have to be clear, the chart will give you information, but you will not necessarily know what to do with it. You really need a reading. We offer a superpowers and kryptonite reading where we basically give you the five things you need from Human Design and the Gene Keys from your profile that you can start working with right away and seeing the impact of your decisions on your life. You can link to that on the show notes. So that's our superpowers and kryptonite reading. So I love, love, love having you here. And I hope you'll join our mailing list. It's growing. And I feel like we're starting to build something really beautiful and powerful that is changing the world. The world, I think, is finally ready. I think that the, the things that I used to see decades in advance, the ways I would show up decades in advance, just like self-employment, I feel like finally there's a convergence between right timing for where the world is going and what people are hungry for in terms of wanting to live their truth and what I'm here to do and how I'm here to serve, which is to help you live your truth. Thank you for joining me on this episode of To Be Authentic, where we explore the practical side of human design, the gene keys, and the work in an integrated approach we call the quantum way. If you're new to human design and the Gene Keys, click the links in our show notes to get your free chart and profile. While you're there, subscribe to our mailing list to receive special offers and invitations and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and your podcast provider of choice to never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. You make this podcast matter.